Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On today's episode, Gabrielle interviews fiction writer Mary Kay Savarese. Her stories are loosely based on her own life experiences and are great for those who love to read or are looking for a new hobby. She's also trying to inspire others to turn their passions into careers just as she did to become a writer. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Mary Kay Savarese, author of a trilogy of books. And we will get into that and discuss her books today. But we're going to talk a little bit about uh, women and some women's health issues uh, when it comes to mental health and kind of what's going on in the world for us and uh, her books and how that can kind of help us with some hobbies and how to get uh, get your mind right and escape into a whole different world of how to be healthy and excited about life again. So welcome to the show today. Thank you so much, Gabby. What a pleasure it is to be here with you today and your audience. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about you, about writing, about what got you interested in writing your books. And uh, just tell me a little bit more about yourself. Well, I am an award-winning author a best-selling Amazon author. I'm also a speaker. And um, many, many years ago, I've always had this desire to write. Everything went on the back burner. As we're discussing women and the issues they deal with, everything came first. The husband, the kids, the job, everything. And finally, when um, the kids started to go off to college, uh, my brain went, time for me. And um, one of the things I did realize that um, this was a hobby back then, that it gave me such joy and passion to write, Um, Gabby. It also brought me to a point in my life where it helped save me. Um, Because what I was going through when my youngest um, this was several years ago. My youngest was ready to graduate from college. Something happened to me. I've, I've always dealt with um, anxiety, as most people do, men and women, but nothing to the extreme. And at this point, I began to have um, numb limbs, and I thought there was something physically wrong with me. Well, after visiting several doctors, it turned out that it was severe anxiety approaching depression. But um, one of the things that I always had was this joy of writing and this passion. And um, I went through a very bad time where I had to come to terms with, and this is going to sound very crazy, but I had to come to terms with my family unit as I knew it was dead. And what that meant for me as a woman was the babies that I raised, the toddlers I chased, the teenagers I stayed up all night waiting for them to come home. They were gone. 
And it took me a little bit of a while. And at the same time, many women, I know I did, I was embarrassed by this. I shut the world out and I said, I can deal with this on my own. And many women do that. And um, it took a long time to realize, no, let the help in and deal with it. Women tend to carry the weight of the world on their shoulders. And we tend to take on all the responsibility of the family unit, even if we don't have a family per se, children, we take the world on of our partners. We tend to take on all the responsibility, take on all of the bills or the home or, or the homemaking. And we often do that to the detriment of ourselves and our own mental health, our own physical health even without even thinking of it. And we suffer in silence many, many times. And even if it causes fights or causes arguments or causes issues in our relationship or in our family unit, we tend to hold a lot of that in because we feel as though that is our role. It is our role, it is our duty, it is our place to be the caretaker, to be the control of this unit, of this family. And if we are not doing that, we are not doing our job. And if we speak up about it, then we are doing a disservice to to our family, to our whole. And it oftentimes causes health issues, whether it's mental health or physical health. And often the mental health issues can lead to the physical health issues. And I don't think we think about that either. We don't mm -hmm. think about the stresses that cause the physical ailments to come what what the stress of putting not not only what societal stress puts on us or or what what other or what our family puts on us but then what we put on ourselves the pressure that we put on ourselves to be this person and then when that changes now that dynamic changes and we have to put pressure on ourselves to do something different and we don't know how to deal with that or to pivot our lives or change our lives to change that dynamic also. Oh, you hit the nail right on the head, Gabby, because at that point, you know, I was exercising, I was walking. I, I mean, I thought I was physically fit, but there was something going on and it was mental. And um, when I look back, it was a journey and I'm grateful for it today because it helped me realize that it is okay to get help. It is okay to meet with the therapist and figure it out. They don't have the answers for you. One thing I realized, I had to figure it out myself. I, you know, they're able to lead you to water, but you have to be able to drink it and consume it and just glow in it. And finally, it took me almost two years. And finally, when I accepted the fact, and I hated that term, they're dead. They're dead to me the way I knew my children. And it's not that they're not there. They're there in a whole different, other beautiful form. But I kept saying, oh, they've got such wonderful lives and they're this and it's all wonderful. And, this. and it wasn't wonderful because I had to come to terms with this. And I know so many women, they silently deal with this 
And um, that's why I'm trying to reach out to everybody that there is help for you out there and to never hold back to search for that help. Yeah, I, we we just don't get enough help or we don't talk about it enough. I think just in recent years, we've really been opening up and putting a lot more um, voice into getting help and mental health. And especially in these last couple of years with this kind of pandemic and mental health crisis, we've been more vocal about getting help and that it is okay. I think I think for women, it's a little more acceptable. For men, it's especially older men, it really is unacceptable. And that's it's it sucks because, you know, especially in relationships, when you're in a relationship, I think that I think all people should seek help. I think all people should mm -hmm. should seek a professional because we all have something that we need guidance with at some point. I mean, we go to school to be taught. We go to college to be told something different. We have mentors because we are learning from them. So there's always something you can learn from somebody else or that can see a different point of view or a therapist or a counselor has uh, a viewer an idea without bias because you can talk to your friends you can talk to your family but they all are going to have uh, rose-colored glasses or or seeing through a, a lens because they're looking at it from knowing you or knowing you as a child or knowing you and and what they view you as so i think that i think that it's starting to change but we're not there yet for sure. We're definitely not there yet. And I think it hasn't been acceptable to talk about those things or accepted to express those feelings of, yeah, I feel like my family unit is dead. And, and why don't we talk about that? Why don't we express those feelings? Because there are definitely people out there that have felt that. I'm sure of it. Right. And, um, the first therapist I did meet with brought it out in the sense she said to me, just stand there in your in your happy place and think of um, something that makes you so happy. And I saw the kids and my husband and myself in the kitchen and I just started to cry. I cried <laughs> for the whole month and I honestly thought, that's it. You found the answer. Sir, I'm going to be better. Well, I wasn't better because there was still more knocking. I mean, subconsciously, it's amazing how incredible the mind is and wants to lead you to figure something out. And that's like in my journey, that is exactly what I figured out. Um, if I can write it down, if I can go through it and figure out what is that one thing that's gnawing at me? All of a sudden, that anxiety was just released, but I had to figure it out. And the other thing that was wonderful that I found through this whole thing, my hobby at that point, I was not a published author as yet, um, was writing. Mm -hmm. So just to have something, it doesn't have to be writing, but each one of us knows 
this joy or passion we feel in our heart or in our soul. And if you can find that, what happens is you come out of yourself and you are centered on this joy you have. And all of a sudden, that anxiety just starts to fall away, or you can handle it better. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I did read that always impressed me was um, people that deal with PTSD. Um, there's a watchmaker, and I think it was in Arizona, he would give um, veterans jobs to um, put together these intricate watches. And it helped their PTSD because what happened was they were so concentrating on the job in front of them, they forget about what's, um, you know, every time we think about ourselves in our head, just us, 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 we're our worst enemy, I mm-hmm. always find. Yeah, it's it's a taking away from distraction, taking away that monkey brain. You're, you're mm-hmm. stopping and focusing on one thing and not focusing on all of the other things in your head that are causing you this anxiety, causing you this stress in your life that, and, and making you think about all the things that make you sad or make you upset or, or, or give you the, that post-traumatic stress. So, yeah. So speaking of hobbies, so, so if you have a hobby, it does help you and yours happened to be at the time writing was just a hobby. So you have written this trilogy of books. Can you talk about your books? Uh, go a little bit more into that and what they are, what they're about. Oh, thank you so much. I am an overnight success, a 10 year overnight <laughs> yeah. success. Aren't we all overnight successes? <laughs> my, my goal was to become a traditionally published author and it did take a great deal of time. Um, one rejection after another, I had to build a thick skin. And finally, it was my fourth manuscript that was accepted by a small publishing house. And I am known as an author who loves to write with quirky titles. And then I formed the story, the novel around that. So my first published, um, traditionally published novel is a um, mystery romance intertwined with um, the supernatural. And that is, are you ready for this? Tiger's Love, Bubble Bath, and Obsession Perfume, who knew? And there's a wonderful story of how that um, title came about. I'd love to share it with your audience if it's if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Several years ago, I had visited a wildlife reserve in St. Augustine, in Florida, and um, this reserve was the old folks' home, literally for big cats, panthers, tigers, lions, jaguars. They would be brought there. They were leftovers from um, possibly TV shows or they were left over from movies or people even had them as pets and they couldn't deal with them anymore. They came to this old folks home, the St. Augustine Reserve. Now I had visited them. I was on a tour and the last part of the tour was this big bubble bath, 15 feet wide, five feet high overflowing with bubbles and I'm thinking boy who who is that for and out walks this 600 pound Siberian tiger (laughs) walks across the plank looks as though he's taking off a robe and he slips into this bubble bath and and as he does that he sticks out his tongue there is a wildlife handler behind a thin cage 
who is holding Obsession perfume and she sprays the Obsession perfume on this tiger who is lapping it up. And he is so thrilled to be in this bubble bath. He became so human at that point. It was incredible. And I said, that is the title of my next novel, Tigers Love Bubble Bath and Obsession Perfume. Who knew? And it became very much a metaphor because these um, big cats are tossed aside. And the protagonist in my novel, Angie Pantera, was also tossed aside in her relationship after 25 years of marriage, as they had to start anew in this reserve, she was starting anew in her life. So my publisher said to me, Tiger, what? Please tell me there's a tiger in a bubble bath. I said, absolutely, it is my climax. So they, I begged for that title. And it has been absolutely amazing, the response I've gotten. I am so humbled and thrilled to say that my first novel has been awarded its um, eighth award. So I am so thrilled and humbled to share that with your audience. So your first novel kind of has something to do with the changing of somebody's life and how her life was kind of turned upside down. Exactly. And within that, there's one death after another, this poor, my poor uh, protagonist has to deal with. And at the same time, it's, um, I weave a supernatural twist through it. So it kind of helps to get people to escape into your book and fantasy, and a little bit of joy and funny with the tiger and the bubble bath and just, you know, getting, getting away into the books, into the fantasy world. Yeah. And, and Gabby, you would think at that point, I am a traditionally published author. It was a small publishing house, but you would think at this point in my life, it would be easy to get my next series. The first book stood alone, but then um, I had an idea for a trilogy. And my publisher that I had at that moment was not interested in this trilogy. So you would think it was easy already being published to continue. No. So it was like starting anew. And I then went into a different genre, my favorite fantasy adventure intertwined with romance. And as I said, I love to write with quirky titles. And um, the girl in the toile wallpaper was born. And again, I can tell you the whole story behind what toile is and how that came about. Sure. Yeah. Let us know. Okay. So now what toile is, toile is a a wall covering or it's a um, decorative piece of fabric and it's two-toned. And what I'm going to show your audience is I'm just going to hopefully it might be upside down, but it tells a story mm-hmm. and it's a vibrant, um, co- vibrant colors. So I would have this wall covering in my home and I would walk by it every day and I looked at it and I saw adventure. I saw romance. I saw betrayal. And then I wrote a story around that. And at that time, publishers wanted some type of a series. So I approached them with um, a theme from the girl in the toile wallpaper, and it be, and then I continue with that 
in the second book, the theme, and I go back to the first book in the third of the trilogy. And they loved it. So here, this was again, a small publishing house, but it was um, just sticking, having faith in yourself. Because one thing I learned, people are quick to say, no, thank you, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. And if there's one thing I wanna share with, um, with what I've learned is just, if you have that passion in your heart and um, it is part of your soul, stick with it, never give up. I mean, it took me over 10 years and I'm still fighting for what I want, but I can promise you it won't happen overnight, but yeah. if it's part of you and your soul, it'll happen for you. Yeah, it definitely doesn't happen overnight. I mean, you gotta, you mm -hmm. have to work for something that you really want to achieve, definitely. But you took kind of a situation that turned your world upside down, which a lot of people go through. I mean, every parent, Every parent's children leave home, <laughs> and a lot of times, I think and, a lot and, of and we're happy. And yes, of and course, that's that's saying, that's and, the and, goal. <laughs> your goal is for your right. children to leave home and to flourish. You want them to leave. You want them to, you know, find a partner and get a good job and go to college and move away, or maybe not, or or whatever it is, have a family or, and travel the world or whatever you want them to do that but it's them leaving it's sad you still want them to be around you want them to be there for holidays and to share their lives with you but it is it is still a loss regardless i mean it's the empty nest it's the thing you know but you took this situation that kind of surprisingly flipped your life upside down and turned it into uh, a career and a passion for something that you had considered a hobby that is now something that you are very passionate about and that is an amazing thing so you have these books and you can get these books on your website which is mary k savarice so uh it's m-a-r-y-k S A V A R E S E dot com. Yeah. And, and Gabby, I am in, I'm on Amazon, I'm in Barnes and Noble, and I love to push the um, indie bookstores because so many of them are, go especially after COVID, they're going out of business. So my book may not be on their shelf, but they'll order it. It'll, it usually comes in within the next day. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, you can find me all over the place. And uh, my website is www.marykatesavarice.com. And I have trailers there. I, you know, if you want to sign up, um, you can win a book. And I just do um, a lot of um, beautiful places. Um, part of the website will take you into a twall room and there's readings. So um, it's a fun site to visit. Yeah, and I so hope people people can connect with me too through my yeah, site. Yeah, you do speaking as well. You do speaking as well. What Can you tell us a little about your speaking and what you do with that? Well, 
I love to speak in front of an audience. It is so much fun, the energy and everything. I've met with um, book groups. Um, book groups are fabulous because they've just read your book and they have so many questions. I do speak in, t- uh, in, uh, in front of audiences with church groups, with library groups. But I'll tell you one thing that happened through COVID, how much of that has been shut down. Yeah. And it is just starting to come back. Um, but it's not where it was before. So um, I'm hoping those things do turn around. But what we've learned is now we have Zoom and we have um, other technology that allows us as as I'm here with you today. So Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Good comes from bad. (laughs) Yeah, there are silver linings to everything that is for sure. So uh, your books are fantasy, they are fiction, they are a lot of fun, uh, but also it's kind of a testament to things that you think are hobbies can definitely turn into uh, more than a hobby, definitely something that is, is something that you're passionate about and can work hard towards and also help you through tough situations to heal and help you with PTSD, help you with anxiety, with depression. Obviously, we want people to seek help as well. But those are things that can help you to really work on your mental health, help you with your physical health also. Uh, So is there is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with today? Yes, exactly. Never put yourself down. Always think of yourself in the positive sense. And I, I remember my when my daughters were younger, they would go, la, 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 la. And somebody comes to you with negativity, just go, la, 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 la. And just you stick to what's in your heart because you're worth it. And if, if there's anything I want anybody to leave, it's with that, that you are the most important person and you should love yourself and seek help where you need it but never give up on yourself. Reach for your dreams because they can happen for you just like they happen for other people. They can happen for you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. So yeah, if you're, if you want a fun read, something to kind of take you into fantasy, take you into fun, uh, you can find Mary Kay's books on her website. I will have that in the show notes. Uh, you can also find it on Amazon, but I will link those as well. Uh, the Girl in the Twall Wallpaper and The Tiger in the Bubble Bath. The Tiger that you, I don't even know. <laughs> the, tigers love <laughs> tigers bubble love bath. Bubbles. And, and uh, Obsession Perfume, who knew? <laughs> Literally. And they love Obsession Perfume. It calms them down because of the pheromones in it. And, you know, people, whether they love um, Tiger King or not, it brought a good thing to um, fruition in the sense that Congress passed the law. People can no longer own tigers as pets. So the activists, based on that show, went out there and they really did a good thing. I mean, I would love to get into a bubble bath with with a tiger. Would I? No. (laughs) No. No, that no, no, I do not want to do that. No, I do. I think that they're amazing animals. Yes, but no, I do not. I don't think I want yes. to be eaten by a tiger. 
No, thank you. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mary Kay. I will, uh, I will have the links in the show notes for everyone to be able to find your books and we really appreciate it. Um, hopefully some people will find some fun and escape a little bit of seriousness and stress in the world and read your books. So thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening and we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. If you would like more information on today's episode, you can find it in the show notes and on Gabrielle's website at www.destinationfitcations.com. Visit to keep an eye out for upcoming fitcations. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.